Welcome back to another episode of All in the Library, a podcast where two librarians talk about books with authors, students, teachers, and anyone else we can get on this podcast. Today, I am your host. Every day, I'm your host, Leslie Nicholson, a middle school librarian, and I have my co-host. I'm Debbie Sewell, a high school librarian. So join us today as we get into some great books. Today, we are happy to hear from some high school students about their favorite books. Welcome. Students, why don't you tell us about yourselves and introduce yourselves. Hello, I'm Mackenzie Black and I'm a senior. Hi, I'm Emily, I'm a junior. Hey y'all, I'm Naomi and I'm a sophomore. And I'm Ella, I'm a sophomore. Welcome to All in the Library podcast. We're so glad you're here. So students, let's dive right in. We're here to talk about books. Who would like to start talking about your favorite book right now? Mackenzie, okay, you can start. Okay, so today I'm gonna talk about the book A Court of Mist and Fury, which was written by Sarah J. Mass. This book was published in 2016. And I would say it's probably most geared towards um, mature readers. So it depends exactly how much you feel like you can get into the more gritty, gory stuff and also the more steamy romances. Um, but it's about a girl named Farah who just saved um, the Fae Kingdom from an evil enchantress named Amarantha to spare her love, but in doing so, she lost her human body because she died trying to save everyone. Um, and she also lost her freedom. She thought, who she thought was her love now felt like her captor because he, from going through that trauma of seeing her um, try and fight this evil and powerful woman, um, he was now scared to let her go anywhere that had any kind of danger. So she was kind of trapped in her trauma. And um, a fae that she once hated, now she couldn't be without. And it kind of evolves into a deeper love than the one that she had before, like showing her that she didn't have to have someone who she was relying on it could be an equal relationship so i really liked it because the writing was really fluid and the book didn't just feel like a made-up story that was thrown onto paper it like draws you in and um it will pull on your emotions like it made me cry it's hard for me to cry like and anything that's fictional but this felt like it was real because there was such an in-depth world building and the characters felt like real people not like characters um, so you're gonna brush, you're gonna smile and cry and you'll become invested in the characters and you're gonna fall head over heels into the book just like Alice did in Wonderland. So let me ask you a couple of questions about that because you brought up some things. So this is definitely not a book I should put on a middle grade shelf. No, definitely not. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And um, so I'm not personally like, I'm not like really into fantasy, but there's some things that you mentioned like that it felt more real and like I, I of course I mean I love fantasy when it comes to let's say uh like a Harry Potter I love that world you know so what is it about this world that you would say it, it you know bypasses just your basic 
you know, fairies and things of that nature. What, what is it that you think would really draw somebody in for this? Well, because there was the human aspect to it as well. The continent was actually divided into two. It was the humans and the fae. And in the first book, because this is actually the sequel, I preferred the second book to the um, first one. So what is but the first it, one called? The first one is called A Court, I mean, um, A Court of Thorns and Roses. Oh, okay, okay. And um, in that one, the reason that she had to leave her part of the continent was because she actually killed um, a fae when she was out hunting that was um, disguised in a wolf's body. And so she was brought over to the fae side as like her punishment and it goes through all these twists and turns but it also it just feels really relatable especially to anybody who's gone through like trauma or has ever felt like restricted in their lives and then she's displaced from her own body and everything is just so descriptive and i don't know that's, it's that's, just that's like really one cool. of the where you just fall into it and you can't turn the pages fast enough i like that i like that thank you that's pretty good Thanks a lot. I like that. Yeah, Great. Thank you. I love that Great book. Story. I love that whole series. Sarah Moss is amazing. So you can't put it down if you read it, but it is definitely <laughs> for more a mature high school student, I would, I would say. So our next one on our list is Emily. Here you go, Emily. Hi, uh, I'm Emily. I'm going to be talking about the book thief. It was published uh. by uh, Marcus or Marcus Sezik uh, around probably 2012. Um, so it's set in Germany in the years 1939 to 1943. The book thief tells the story of Liesel, an orphaned girl being narrated by death as she navigates a world of World War II. I think it has such a unique take on the Holocaust by focusing on the experience of someone who's almost outside of the usual narrative. As we look at like regular Holocaust books, it's mostly either somebody who is Jewish and being persecuted or somebody who is actively helping someone to escape but by putting the audience into the shoes of someone who's really just a bystander as a child, just watching things happen in your backyard, I think it's a really interesting take. And I think that the characters in this book are so rich. They're interesting, they're ever evolving. I say ever evolving because many characters in this book kind of begin as villains, but as the audience grows, they love them more and more, just as they love the book more and more. Uh, for example, Liesel's adoptive mother is kind of at the beginning. Baumwalt, maybe a little, little abusive in the beginning. It's, uh, you don't really like her. And then as the story goes on, there's things that are revealed that would spoil the book. But um, you really get to see that she's a really caring character. And she's kind of giving Liesel that tough love because she feels like it's what she needs. And as those layers are revealed, it really just becomes a more complete picture. Um, I think I just love The Book Thief because it's full of joy and grief and the raw emotion of what existence is. Um, it's really funny. I feel so strongly about this book, but I can't seem to find the words to describe my feelings about it. I guess that's the strongest thing I can say. This book kind of is a feeling. Uh, the way this book makes you feel is almost beyond words. I'm kind of like Mackenzie. Uh, I don't really ever cry at books, and this is the only book that really ever made me cry just because it's that so raw at the end you, I can't it'll spoil it but it's very emotional I agree I, I I love the book thief I I know I um had purchased it for um 
when we first kind of got into Sora using um, the eBooks and um, it, it was, it was so good. And then I, you know, then of course there's a movie that they made about it, which, you know, they, the, I thought the movie did a good job of taking some of the, the visuals from the book and, and, you know, you seeing some of those things and, and that's, I would never see a book, uh, watch a movie first and then see the book. You always like to read the book. Did I say that wrong? Then <laughs> you read a book and then see the movie just because you get to see if you're, what you have in your mind, you know, is the little, like the little girl and she's walking down the street and everything's kind of like, you know, crumbled and because of the different things that have bombed her the area and you just see if that matches you know what your brain is saying and when you're reading it so i was i loved it but i, I mean for for us in middle school i would know for sure so many kids come in and they want to read something from world war ii and that's always a great suggestion on on using the book thief um because you you know there's only so many i mean you've got for us we have i know the boy in the striped pajamas is one that's really popular for us, someone called Eva, um, which takes a different take on it. So it's it's great um, to hear hear someone your age telling us and you know sharing these kind of books with us. Um, so thank you very, very much about The Book Thief. I really enjoyed that. Debbie, do you have anything you wanted to add about The Book Thief? I, oh, it's one of the only books I've ever read twice. That's how much I love The wow. Book Thief. And I just think it, the take on it, like Emily said, is very different. Like you could read yeah. Night by Eli Weissel, which is very right. graphic and very gritty. And I would not recommend that probably for middle school because it goes into such detail. But the beauty, I think, of Book Thief is that it's written from the perspective of death. So you have this narrator and then you also have this little girl, Liesel, on the outskirts. So it has just this interesting contemporary take. And the other cool thing about it, I think we were talking about this, Emily, is that the author wrote it when I think he was like 18 or 19. So, and it's based on um, his grandparents and great grandparents' experience during World War II in Germany. So, it's uh, fascinating. It book. Yeah, love That's it. Always amazing. Okay, so how about we go on to our next student? Here we have Naomi. Here we go, Naomi. Okay, so as I said, my name is Naomi, and I'm going to be talking about one book that I read a couple of more probably more like a year and a half ago and it had been on my uh, tbr to my to be read book list for a while and um then i didn't get it until later on and i was like why did i wait to get this book because it was so good and obviously y'all would know what the book is and it was uh, eliza and her monsters by francesca zapia i probably butchered her last name but um it's basically we follow our main character eliza murk who is like she's really like you know that kid who always wears the hoodies and her hair is like a little mussy and stuff like that and she's just really quiet doesn't really talk a lot just very doesn't it's, she's not in clubs she's not in like you know school activities she just kind of stays on the outskirts of life and stuff like that and she's basically the opposite of her family too because her parents and they're they're all like really active and she's like i'm gonna go in my bedroom and sleep so I was like, I can relate to that. So then, but what really caught my attention was the fact that she was like this, like worldwide popular webtoon, webtoon comic creator who was like making this webtoon comic that people all over the world, like had as a mat, had like a massive fandom. And so she was like this secretly really super popular person that half the people in her school probably read her comic about. And so as the story continues, we like see her 
get into contact with this boy named Wallace and I'm pretty sure that's his name <laughs> and and we like followed their relationship and it was a cute little romance but what started leading her down this more kind of weird path was that he was actually writing fan fiction about her webtoon comic so she was like oh shoot like this is kind of awkward but he didn't know and so you like follow her as she's like being brought into like the spotlight and you you losing like her cover her shield of like you know being a nobody and what I really related to that was because like I was that person like I never did any clubs I always was just like sitting there usually sitting in the corner by myself so I really related to that and also the webtoon comic aspect was cool because in the um version of the book that I got you it actually had pictures of the webtube comic in it and some chapters were just webtube comic like pages and so it was like the story and stuff and it talks about like the characters in the book and you understand the web comic and you understand the the main characters and like the fandom aspect was just amazing and like you and it really deals a lot with mental health and how you feel alone sometimes and how you feel like you can't do anything right which i relate to that a lot and it talks about how Eliza is kind of like shown like, hey, you you matter to a lot of people and stuff. And it also showed kind of like the dark side of the fandom because she does make some mistakes about her about her webcomic in the book and the repercussions. Like people are emailing her online, harassing her, saying these horrible stuff and criticizing like her every move. And you kind of see how toxic that can be and how even though you're doing something you love, there's always like kind of a dark side to that. So I really related to that. But yeah, and I'll just, yeah. And as I said before, the mental health aspect of it was really good. It talked about slight depression, uh, anxiety, and there are some brief mentions of suicide. So if that's sensitive, if you're sensitive about that, then don't read it. But yeah, and I feel like this book was just, it, it was, I feel like it'd be good for like third, like thir 13 year olds. So mm -hmm. I feel like it'd be really good for middle schoolers and high schoolers. Like I read it freshman year of high school and I read it in okay. like two days. I appreciate that because, you know, I think a lot of what you said, it's very timely. Re remind me of the title again, it's Eliza and her monsters and her monsters i mean there are so many kids that i see like that that just kind of sit and they draw they don't like to talk that much and get out of there and their drawing is just amazing it is just amazing and that's their outlet right that's their their way of of getting feelings out sometimes and everything else and 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 definitely in this day and age with um mental health you know with you know we saw simone biles really help bring that into the forefront during the Olympics this summer, you know, that's, I mean, we, we hear it, we, t we talked about it, but to have someone that big and that with that much notoriety to be able to say, wait a second, I've got to take care of, you know, what's going on in my head. So I, wow, that's really cool. I, I really appreciate hearing that, that's that book. I'm definitely going to write that one down <laughs> to make sure we can add it. Thank yeah. It, it was really, it was really good. Yeah. And it, it's a good, topic for because I feel like elementary school you know everyone's like you know all in their clicks everyone's nice and pretty much friendly to each other but I feel like once you get into like the upper grades of middle school and high school that's when you get those loner kids that are kind of off to the side and it just really speaks to like the inner outsider and in everyone but like the part of people that you're afraid to share because you don't know what people will say about it and stuff mm -hmm. so yeah agreed well good thank you I have a question for you Nomi so Eliza um has this private um, 
web cartoon that she posts onto the internet. And that's really how she expresses herself rather than with friends or groups or anything like that. Well, that's really interesting. Uh, can you explain to our listeners that don't know what a, a web cartoon is, what that is? Yeah, so basically it's like these, she did it on forms, which is like little, um, kind of like Reddit type of things. But what she did was you could like go to a specific website. If y'all know what Webtoon is, it's kind of like that, but it's actually on like an internet platform. It's not actually like an app. So basically it's just like a web comic is basically like it's a comic book, but it's in web form and it has the lining, like the art is really crisp and clean and stuff like that. Mm. And the, like most of the time, sometimes they have dual authors. So there's like one person drawing it and then there's one person writing the story. But in Eliza's case, she was writing the story and she was also drawing the comics. And what I thought was really cool about it was like Wallace, the love interest in the story. He's a super good writer. And he's like, and he also has his like deeper side of trauma and stuff. And so it talks about how like, even it talks about people who are, have show different outlets. Like a lot of the time fandom people who are really into fandom, that's how they are express themselves. So it kind of talks about all the people who do fandom and stuff. And it kind of just really speaks to that, those, those like, like, like that whole entire group of people, not just people who, you know, draw, but like Wallace had his own little take in the story and he had his own troubles and stuff and it explored those different types of things. So I thought that was really interesting. Thank you. Thank you. I really do think that with mental health, so many kids are dealing with it. This is a way for them to find an outlet to talk about it. So let's go on to our Last student, last but not least, Ella is going to talk to us about her favorite book. Here you go, Ella. Okay, so I'm Ella, and I just wanted to talk about Six Crimson Cranes. This book just came out this year in 2021, and it's by Elizabeth Lim. So I would say that this book is for middle schoolers and high schoolers. This book is about a a beloved princess in this kingdom with six other princes. So she's the youngest and beloved by the whole kingdom. And suddenly she discovers a horrible truth to her kingdom and is kind of cursed by someone she thought she loved and trusted. So a betrayal in the very beginning. <laughs> Way to grasp an audience. <laughs> yeah, well, no doubt, that's great. Yeah. So in this kingdom, it's all on or a light brief of Chinese mythology. So one of the main focuses are like a fold a thousand cranes and one wish comes true. So her brothers are also brought into this curse because she was going to tell them because they're her older brothers, someone and people who she would trust in, in her inner circle. So they turn into these cranes with a crimson crown on their head to distinguish them from the rest of the cranes. And cranes are beloved in this kingdom, so nobody will hurt them. But as she goes missing because of this curse, she's cursed to not talk or else one of her brothers dies with each word she speaks. So she is sent off to the middle of nowhere, away from her kingdom and away from her brothers, hoping that they won't die and get in trouble or they just assume all the heirs to the throne are dead. So she has to become really independent and go through hard struggles and obstacles to go and find her brothers and come back to the kingdom or at least try to survive. And so we see how her mental state is in all of this and it switches to um, how her betrothed really um, 
was because she missed right like she under underwent the curse right as she was meeting her betrothed since she was born she was meant to like be married to this one merchant i think that's what his merchant no okay well he was of a higher standing but not a prince so um he's searching for her and eventually their paths cross and in this kingdom you have to know that magic is horrible like it's forbidden so witches get burned at the stake um, wow it's not gory it's not gory but yeah like, <laughs> burning them at the stake yeah <laughs> but she undergoes adventures where she can't speak but has to express herself in some way with her betrothed and find a way to see her brothers and free them from all this curse like the curse is really bad it's such good telling though like that's really i really like how the book um, engages you in enough of this like culture and heritage and like all the details in this chinese mythology but not enough for you to be scared away i know some readers can be scared away when they think of a uh, mythology book like it could be greece mythology or chinese mythology where for just a new sort of perspective where they can be um, scared off. So I think she did a well job in delivering this clear image of this culture, but not scaring off the readers. Also, since this is a new book, there's no fandom or anything like created yet for it. So <laughs> it was really interesting on just like focusing on my part on what's happening in this book because usually I could like turn to in the middle of the book like hey I wonder what other people think of this book like I'm interested um but this time I just like read through it all it was really fast but I actually bought a copy I used the copy at the school and then because it grasped my interest the cover looks really nice in the back it's really good um yeah I had to get a copy of my for myself like I wanted to like take notes and all this where I couldn't have it done in the like the librarian book book good point good yeah. point um, Ella was actually the first person to check that book out at our library and then Naomi was actually the second so that was so awesome repeat that comments? title what's the title again six crimson cranes six Crimson Cranes. All right. And who's the author? Uh, Elizabeth Lim. L-I-M? Mm -hmm. Got it. Okay. Pretty good. I love that. Well, those are some great books. And I know that our listeners are writing down these titles to make sure that they have them in their libraries and will be rushing out to add them to their TBR list, like Naomi had said. Let's recap those titles, all right? Um, the first one, Mackenzie had A Court of Mist and Fury by Sarah Moss, right? The second book in the series. And then The Book Thief by Marcus Zukas. Is that right? Yeah, that's Emily's book. And then um, Eliza and Her Monsters. And who is the author? The author was Francesca Zappia. You spell her name Z-A-P-P-I-A. It's 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 kind of you don't really it's kind of not very specific how to pronounce it, but that's how I pronounce it. I probably pronounced it wrong, so don't go off what I said. <laughs> you can find that on teachingbooks.net if you really want to figure out how to say it. If she's there, she may be a new one. And then Six Crimson Cranes by Lim. Elizabeth Lim. So thank you so much for joining yeah. us today. We are so glad that you joined us and hope that you might want to join us for our lightning round because...
it is that time. That's our cue for our lightning round where Debbie and I com compete for literally nothing. So ladies, would you like to join us in our uh, time of lightning round where it's 60 seconds to get in as yeah, many book yeah, talks as we like can? Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, I'm going to tell you something that we had a guest, um, her name is Susan Mitchell. She's an author and she is uh, one of our elementary media specialists. She came on and did our lightning round with us. That She spit out, I think, seven or eight different books. Debbie and I have barely been able to get out two. So um, I've been doing some practicing. Yes, I have. So I think I'm gonna win this. I think I'm gonna take it. Why don't we let our students go first? What do you think, Leslie? I think that's fantastic. Then I know what my competition is. Yes. Okay. <laughs> so, so who, who wants to go first? Okay. Mackenzie's going to go first. So do you want to set the timer? I am getting the timer ready for uh, one minute here. All right. And I will tell you when to start, Mackenzie. Ready, set go okay so not if i save you first by ali carter is about a girl who was the daughter of the president's um first head of security and um she had to leave because you know drama she's the head of security and then um the, her best friend the son of the president shows up and she's mad at him but they have to get chased through the woods in alaska by this crazy gunman um and yeah, it's a really good book. And then The Love Interest by Kale Dietrich is about two boys. They're essentially from different um, factions. One is the bad boy and one is the good boy. And they have to compete to get the attentions of um, this really smart girl. But in the end, they end up pulling for each other instead of the girl. And it, it's bad because they could have died. Um, Until Friday Night is by Abby Glines. And um, it's about this girl named Maggie who watched her mom die. And she decided that she was going to go mute. But then um, there's this boy who's going through all this trauma, and so she decides that she's going to talk for him to comfort him and whatnot. And her cousin's all offended. And <laughs> got total of you got three. Awesome. In, so that's three, pretty great. Three. That's impressive. I've only ever gotten three, so I'm really impressed with that. <laughs> okay. okay, so let me just double check before we move on. So I I got not if I save you first by Ali. Ali Carter. Carter. What was yes. the second one? The Love Interest by Kale Dietrich. The Love Interest. It's spelled D-I-E-T-R-I-C-H. All right. So, and but that one was fun because um, I wasn't able to describe it super well, but it's about these, essentially, there's these two secret factions. One has what they call the, you know, the good guys or whatever. They also have the female equivalent, but they have the good boys and then the bad boys. And essentially, they both want to put to um, establish one of their people to be with these important, you know, up and coming figures so that they have essentially a spy or a shoe in in their lives. And whoever cannot win the affections of this person will unfortunately die. But then these, <laughs> <laughs> these two boys, instead of falling for the girl, which the girl is confused, you know, trying to pick this love triangle stuff, these two boys end up falling for each other instead of the girl. Um, and it creates some chaos, but it was a really sweet book. I enjoyed it. And the last one was Until Friday Night? Yes, Until Friday Night by Abby Glines. Abby. That was also one of my favorite books. G-L-I-N-E-S. Thank you. 
Oh, right. Who's next? Who's up next in our lightning round? It's All right. me, uh, Emily. Very nervous. All right, Emily, you can do this. Okay. You ready? Set. Yeah. Go. Okay, so Ariadne, which is by Jennifer Saint, it's about the princess of Crete who fights the Minotaur with Theseus. And it's about kind of like what happens when women are pawns for men and gods and what that means for their futures. Next, we got Everless by Sarah Holland, where time in your blood is equal to money, but the character finds out that she's got a secret in her past that changes the entire thing. All right, Scythe by Neil Shusterman. Humans are immortal and death is carried out by Scythe, but how will two apprentices fare in this new world? Red Queen by Victoria Avier. A world divided by blood. There's red, there's silver. Silvers have powers until one red discovers that she holds a secret that could change everything. Renegades by Marissa Meyer. There's superheroes, there's villains, there's spies. She infiltrates the heroes. It's great. Song of Achilles by Madison Miller. A love story between Patroclus and Achilles as they navigate the dangers of Troy and the dangers of their love. <laughs> Care Cave, also by Madison Miller, is the daughter of Helios who finds her own power in a world that underestimates her at every turn. Um, to Kill a Kingdom is about a siren and a siren killer, and it's really good. Um, oh my god, <laughs> I ran out of books. Uh, what? Oh, Six of Crows? That's like, oh. You had eight. That. No, she had nine. She had nine of Pretty them. Pretty amazing. She had nine. Nine. Yeah, nine books total. Woo! Girl. That's impressive. I yeah. am. That was. That took a lot out. Can oh, you go I back like, over those titles? Yeah, Emily, you would you go back over them? Titles. Yeah, I can. Um, do you want me to like give a better description that's more than five words or? No, go ahead. Like well, name? maybe. Yeah. Okay, so uh, Ariadne is a mythology book. I'm a Latin student, so I'm really into those. There's a couple mythology books on this list. There's uh, three. So I like that um, genre a lot, I guess, because I just know a lot about it. And so it's really fun to kind of see it in a new way, especially because a lot of especially Greek myths are mostly um, like male-centric, but when you get the authors in there, they really go after that female perspective, which I think is really unique. Great. Um, yeah, and the rest of these are, I mean, they're classics, most of them. Um, a lot of what I read is just like different takes, but I wanted to specifically talk about uh, Song of Achilles. It's up there with some of my favorites. Uh, me and my best friend read it together and we really enjoyed it. She actually like uh, went and annotated the whole thing. And we just thought it was a really, um, that's also a mythology book, but it was a very sweet and like true love between two people. And I think it's a side of um, mythology that isn't really seen a lot, especially because the two characters are both the same gender. So it was just very good. Thank you. That was great. Thanks, Emily. Oh, I really appreciate it. And I love that book, Song of Achilles. It's wonderful. Okay, so we have two more, and I know the bell's gonna ring soon because you know we're in a school doing this podcast. So we're gonna go with <laughs> Naomi next, okay? All right, Naomi. Okay, I'm, I'm really nervous. Just tell me when to go. <laughs> okay, ready, set, go. Okay, so my first book is Renegades by Marissa Myers, and this follows uh, a girl named Nova and how she wants to exact revenge on these group of renegades who are the superheroes, and she's the villain, and she's trying to like take them down because of what something they did to her. The next book I want to talk about is a historical fiction called We Are Not Free by Chi. I forgot her first name, but it's basically about the Japanese Americans during World War II and how they got sent off to co uh, concentration camps, kind of like the Jews did in Germany. And it focuses on 12 main teens, but it the author really sums it up really good. And then I want to talk about 
about um, the selection by Kara Cass, which is about a girl named America and how she tries to fare and get the pre prince's attention at like this competition. Then there's Six of Crows by Leigh Bardugo, which I just finished reading, and it was about a heist and and like the morally great characters and just like if you like heist and crime, then read that book. And then we have Five Feet Apart by three authors, but I forgot their names. And so it's about these two people who have a CF and how they vary and how they actually can't be within uh, six feet of each other if they have CF. Oh, good job, though. That was awesome. Did you get six, really? Wow, I have never gotten past three. That's okay. Okay, Ella's up next. And Ella, you can do as many as you can in 60 seconds or less, okay? All right, here we go. Ready, set. Okay. Hit it. Okay, I just want to talk about Turtles All the Way Down by John Green. So I really loved how this book was about mental health and how her issues and how like a little bit of romance in it. Um, it was really cute, but really sad at the same time. I cried a lot. Um, okay, so bibliography was a long way gone. I don't know the author, but it's about his experience as a child soldier in um, Sierra Leone. I don't think I said that right. Maybe, I don't know. Um, but it's his way or his way of how he like went through it all and his trauma and like every detail he had like PTSD so writing this book it's very detailed and listening to it was very heartbreaking but very good at the same time um then I'm just reading uh the daughter of Sparta it was really good so it's about a trial or trials and obstacles with the god Apollo her being a Spartan woman who doesn't have a lot of rights basically property to everybody else um, is chosen by Artemis, Apollo's twin, and they just uh, get to go and find, yeah, wow. they get to find nine things for the gods. Okay. Awesome. How many was that? Three. Was that three or two? Three. Three. She's three. Got on three. the third one. That's great. That was amazing, girls. We are so excited that you joined us today. Um, now, listen to the pros as we go into our book uh, lightning rounds. So Debbie, you want to give a, give us a start on, uh, well, I just don't think I can beat Emily. That was know, amazing. That was amazing. Okay. Are you ready? Ready. All right. And go. Wings of Ebony by JL. She is actually an author from Houston. This is her first generation college student. It's a fantasy. A black teen from Houston has her world upended when she learns about her godly ancestry and she must save both the human world and the godly land of Gazan. Red Rising by Pierce Brown, one of my favorite ones. Young adult, Daryl is a red and he's a member of the lowest case in the color-coded society of the future. And like his fellow reds, he works all day, believing that he and his people are making the surface of Mars livable for the future. But Daryl and his kind have been betrayed. See what happens when Daryl becomes a gold. The Stars We Steal by Alexa Dunn. If you like Catherine McGee and Kira Cass, you're going to love this. It's set in space. 18-year-old Leo uh, is heir to a faded European spaceship and it's engagement season and she's got only one thing on her mind and that is to find a lucky bachelor to save her family from ruin, but Elliot comes back. Lore by Alexandra Bracken. Um, it's teen and adult and every year and um, this kind of has the mythology slant to it. And every we study. are done. Oh, my God. It's trying to do it. But, hey, I got one, two, three. You got said, three and a half. Three and a half. Three and a half. Okay. All right. So, do you want to do Her me turn. or do you want me to do it? Okay. I can do it for you. Let me get you set up, Leslie. Okay. Here All we right. go. On your mark. Get set. Go. 
Glitch by Lauren, Laura Martin. You've got Reagan and Elliot who are training to be time travelers or glitchers, and they're trying to stop others from altering history to change the future. But these two have always been enemies. But when Reagan finds a letter from her future self stating that they'll have to work together to prevent something terrible from happening, everything changes. Tornado Brain by Cat Patrick. Frankie is a neurodivergent seventh grader, meaning no touching, no loud noises. She's easily distracted. And her used-to-be friend, Colette, goes missing. And so Frankie, she's the only one that can start seeing these clues. And so she goes out trying to find, figure this out. Uh, so it's a mystery told within a coming-of-age story. Show Me a Sign by Anne Claire Lazat. She is the author and she is deaf and a librarian. This is inspired by the true history of a thriving deaf community on Martha's Vineyards in early 19th century. Big-hearted adventure, family story. Cuba in My Pocket by Adriana Cuevas is a historian. Ding, 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 ding. Oh my gosh, you got four. That's oh, amazing. I only got one, two, three. Oh yeah, I got three in a, in, in a sentence. You beat me. You win. What do you win? Nothing. <laughs> Absolutely <laughs> nothing. But it's fun. And the girls did a great job. They did. Thank you. We appreciate that. All right. So that's another uh, episode in the can. Don't forget to put down your phone and pick up a book. Talk to See you again. next time.